Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where you believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts, back the dynamic duo. Uh, I'm Sean Cowles. I'm Sean Boatwright. And good to be back with you. Uh, after the week off, we gave the uh, the brothers the ship, and they steered it well, even with some technical glitches. So uh, we're happy to be back in the saddle. Isn't that right, Boatwright? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy to be back and giving you all my shitty, unbiased takes. Absolutely, clearly unbiased, fair and balanced, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're glad to be back. It's a hell of a week. It's obviously real life fantasy, or excuse me, real life uh, trade deadline day. So a little bit of action there. But let's look back at the week that was before we get into that. Um, but right, do you want to kick it off with the first fantasy headline? Yeah, so I think that this is going to surprise nobody, but AJ AJ Brown is is an absolute tear, man. Hey, He's hey, 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 guess what? AJ Brown is good. <laughs> Docker is good. Uh, He's averaging twenty seven points over the last six games. Um, yeah, I think the question for you, Sean, is: Do you think this tear holds out? And what do you think it actually means for guys like Devontae and even like Yoder? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because we were, I know, like, as a Jalen Hurts owner, I was worried about that <laughs> offense early on in the season. Um, and A.J. Brown was kind of the slowest out of the gate. Like, for him, let's let's put everything in perspective. Um, and Devontae Smith had a couple of good games early on, but now the, it's kind of switched back to the point where Devontae can still have a game. He put up 22 last week, but he struggled against the time where AJB doesn't seem to know what the word struggling means. So I think for all pass catchers, you know, including even out of the back with, um, uh, with Swift, uh, I I actually think this depresses their value a little bit. Um, And I'm actually, I'd probably take the biggest significant downgrade on Smith himself. It sucks. Like I said, I I own him in, in the keeper league, but um, for me, that's probably the takeaway. I don't know. Where do you see it? Yeah, I, I think that, and this is probably going to be not a hot take because obviously the Eagles are, I think they're what, 5-1 and one now? 6-1? and 6-1, and 7-1. Actually, they're 7-1. and one. They haven't had their buy yet. Okay, 7-1. Doesn't matter. Point being, they, they've only got one <laughs> loss. Yeah. Um, but I do think that their offense hasn't looked great. In fact, I would go so far to say that, like, Watching some highlights, and as a just to be abundantly clear, I did not watch the game. But from what I've picked up reading online, is that like the win against the commanders was basically willed into existence by AJ Brown and his ability to catch a football. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was just saying, he served as that outlet. He was right. kind of the like, I don't want to say because Hertz isn't throwing it up as a prayer, but it's more like as soon as his eyes are downfield, he's the first read. Yeah. And a guy, other guy, the other elite guys, like the Devontae Adams of the world, where they may not be open, the chases and them, he, he falls in that category where if you put the ball within range, he'll catch it. So you're right. He was a good, like, safety valve yeah. that when a play looked in trouble or they just needed to pick up the yardage, they went to him. Yeah. So I think the point that I'm ultimately getting at is here. Um, is, um, sorry, I got a text message and it distracted me. All right. <laughs> um, ultimately what it boils down to is that the offense is 
is struggling and not um it, it, and AJ Brown's performance is masking some of that. I think a lot of that has to do with their new um their new OC that that I, I think is still getting his feet a little bit. You know, by week eight though, man, you really better have your your shit figured out. I don't well, know. It's tough to sit here and rail on them because they are they only have one loss. But I think mm-hmm. that that is a product of talent, not so much scheme. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I would agree. Yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll see because they haven't faced many actual challenges this year. So we'll see when next week they have Dallas, and Dallas is probably the best, especially after the 49ers look so bad. Dallas is probably the best defense in the NFL right now. So yeah. what can they do against them, especially a vaunted run defense like that? So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but running down some of the other notable performances, C.D. Lamb, your former guy, popping off for 41 points. Yeah. Um, and then the fellow wide receiver room, DeAndre Hopkins, finally showing up in a big way uh, for his new quarterback, Will Levis, 34.8 points. And then your new guy, Sam Howell, um, I'll, I'll, will run out of his quarterback room with 30.98 points. Um, all big days for these guys. Some in, in these cases, especially in Hopkins, he probably needed it. So, but right, probably for you, the question is, is which of these performances is the best game of the season for each of these guys? Like, which is, is, is this game the best we'll see out of all of them for season long? It's tough. And I'm, I'm probably going to introduce some of my former bias. So, so please, you know, accept that. In, um, I think Lamb especially is super talented. Mm. I'm interested to see if the Cowboys have figured out that they need to focus on him at mm-hmm. like post buy. If they figured that out, then this should be the norm. No, obviously 41 points is high. <laughs> yeah. But we should see a string of good performances out of Lamb. The one that I'm the least worried about is Sam Howell. Um, mm-hmm. I once again I think 30 is probably a high for him, but he's pretty consistently put above 20 points. And I know that I slandered him earlier in the season and I, I fully accept that I was wrong. Like <laughs> I don't know if it's garbage time or if he's just a talented quarterback, but it just seemed to me that like looking at his, his past performances, it's not necessarily as bad as I thought he was, you know? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I agree basically wholeheartedly there. I think a, not only it's the lowest number, it's the easiest to achieve, but um but I think Hal is going to be in a situation, especially after the deadline deals that were made today, which we'll touch on in just a minute here, selling off two of their best defensive pieces. That defense is going to be awful. He's going to need to air out the ball. He's going to need to put up 60 yards with 40 yards with his legs uh, just for them to be competitive, which, yeah. uh, you know, in the grand scheme of real world NFL, maybe they don't want. But I think Sam House and, and that coaching staff are too much of a competitor to not. So I, I actually I, I believe that we will see a better game out of Sam Howell. I, I don't know about the other two. In fact, I, I don't know if I see we see anywhere near another 30 point game out of Hopkins. And maybe this is me just, you know, bias on how bad he's looked the rest of the season. But um, I really think and again, maybe maybe Levis is the second coming. Who knows? Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll see. But I think, yeah, for sure, Howe is the one who is the only one who will outperform this this production. Yeah, I, I, and I think that Lamb is well-positioned, too. Like, that offense looks good, like, and they seem to have realized they need to get him the ball. What I saw when I was a Lamb owner, though, was watching them, like, just completely fade him out of the offense in favor of Brandon Cooks or uh, Michael Gallup for, for no, like, when they need Lamb to perform. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Well, they, so, they spread the ball around a lot too. And to be honest, they, that offense wasn't great. They didn't need to be great because their defense was scoring two touchdowns a game. So, yeah, right. right. You know. it, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that lamb, a new change of scenery for lamb really helped him perform. Mm-hmm. because I think that he was a good asset for Scott. Just Scott for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just missed out. I think on the, uh, the median win this week by, by a point or two. Yeah. Um, so what lamb tried mean? to drag him there, but. What was median? I uh, think medium was 145, I do believe, or right around there. Okay. Um, 148 was median. That's a pretty yeah. high median. It was a pretty high median. So, in fact, this was, I, I was going to bring it up later, but every winner won and took the median win this week, which I'm not sure if I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, we'll get on that when we review yeah. the matchups here. Um, other notable headlines, we had a few injuries. Matthew Stafford's obviously been the talk because we're not sure what his – we don't have a true prognosis on him yet. They're saying day-to-day because of the sprain. Um, and then the Kirk Cousins injury, obviously, is is the big deal. Yeah, and, and obviously I'm a Puka owner, so this is going to sound like <laughs> – but I was reading a little bit about what happened to Stafford, and they said this has happened three other times, and he's not missed a game to it since, like ever. So, you know – Fingers crossed that's the case. If he misses this week and then sits through the bye, I don't think I would be too torn up about it, but he might just try to tough out. Stafford is at the risk of sounding like my grandfather when he talks about football. Stafford is like a tough, gritty guy. Like he plays through a lot of injuries. So high, high engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever word you want to he's not a puss, like whatever word you want to use there. So um, and then obviously Kirk Cousins. That's that is Truly sad. Like Kirk Cousins, I, I enjoy watching the man play football. Um, I actually saw someone refer to him as the Ned Flanders of football, and that was really like it, it felt feels right to me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I, I, it does feel appropriate, actually. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him come to the Steelers. I know we talked about that in, in the group chat, but um, yeah, I don't know. And especially with JJ going down, I was I was honestly surprised that they went out and. Grab Dobbs at the deadline, which we'll touch on here. Um, but it, he, it was. I figured that team they may just see what next year brings and create a good draft pick in the course. But uh, we did have a couple of trades happen today at the deadline. The two major ones uh, already mentioned there: Joshua Dobbs, who was benched uh, after his coach watched the film uh, <laughs> in place of Clayton Tune uh, <laughs> for what will probably be like a week, and then uh, yeah. we'll see probably the return of Kyler Murray. Uh, but also uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was dealt to the Lions. Uh, you were, we were discussing, you know, before recording that you you see some value in DPJ. So if, and I, you want to share that? Yeah, last year DPJ was was a serviceable play. With, I, let me, you were not excited about playing DPJ, but you could pretty much expect. Um, I believe it was like twelve points. I'd have to go back and look to be sure. Um, you know who he reminds me a lot of? Like a worse version of Josh Downs this year. I play Josh Downs and I acquired him and I, I, never do I think that he's going to give me 30 points, right? But I, I, I'm pretty confident in saying he's going to get me 12 to 15 points on any given week. Sure. Um, and that's – he is a better version of what DPJ was last year. Um, I don't necessarily think he'll become fantasy relevant on the Lions. There's too many targets. What I do think, though, that does is is put to beds any thoughts of JMO relevance because they do fill that same role. At least if we go by the role that was on the or he had on the Browns, which was stretching that field. So, and JMO has been kind of disappointing this year anyway with his drops. 
Yeah, I mean, he's had fine production in terms of like just getting points and putting him up for a fantasy manager. But yeah, definitely in the real world, drops have been an issue all across that team. Honestly, uh, Laporta had a walk in <laughs> at yeah. the end of the game last at the end of the game last night and just flat yeah. out dropped it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah but we'll see. Um, and you know, on the back of that, Dobbs to the Vikings. I mean, any starting quarterback is fantasy relevant, and Dobbs, especially in the beginning half of the year, was. You know, he he was doing well in probably what isn't the best situation with minimal wide receiver talent and, you know, injuries in the backfield. Once J.J. comes back, where's your assessment of Dobbs? Yeah, I I, I think that we're going to see – it's going to be tough, right? Because when – and I I apologize, I don't have the number in front of me. The Vikings are throwing for 300 yards a game, basically. They actually have not had a, a a run touchdown this season. No, Cam Akers picked up last one this week. Oh, did he? I didn't yep. see that. Apologies. <laughs> um, was it? I thought it was a pass. Yep, it was a run. Oh, well, I guess I fucking lied to you guys. <laughs> um, up until this week, the, the the Vikings have not had a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Point being, I I do think that Dobbs will carry that kind of outlook but not necessarily to the extent that you can expect out of kirk kirk cousins kirk chains so i don't know i think it's fine i think that if you have if you have the vikings back or quarterback room i think max has them you're fine you're not upset um i think that if you have clayton toon this week you're a little worried about the return of or about about playing him this week but you're hopeful with the return of Kyler Murray next week that you'll be okay. So yeah, probably maybe depending on where you are. I think yeah, uh, Nate did confirm Kyron keeps the Arizona room, and yeah. uh, Max keeps the Minnesota rights as well for quarterbacks yes. there. Uh, but yeah, I think that about sums it up. So moving on from real world trades, let's look at our trades within the league. We only had one of any major note to talk about earlier in the week between Max and Damon. Uh, Damon goes out and acquires Brock. Purdy sending Geno Smith and Calvin Ridley to Max. Uh, what are you, what were your thoughts there, and and how do you think that played out this week? I mean, I think that this was less a quarterback room swap for the most part, um, or I guess not really a swap, but Damon was buying a better quarterback. Is really uh-huh. what it comes down to. I have been. I would be. Let me. How do I phrase this? I would be disappointed if I drafted Calvin Ridley at his production that he's giving me. I would not be disappointed to have Calvin Ridley on my team. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's all about you know cost, um, you right. know, of acquisition for sure. Um, so because I agree with you, it's like picking a guy up off waivers versus having a trade for him. It's a very different feeling. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I. I I regret I had a deal earlier in the season with Nate in place to get Brock Purdy, and I mm-hmm. regret not doing it for a myriad of reasons. But yeah, um, now don't get me wrong; I would have had to go with Jalen, but there were other pieces involved. Right. Um, I like Brock Purdy because he's in a Shanahan offense, and apparently, it seems like whoever you put in the Shanahan offense will put up two seventy-five and two touchdowns on an average day. So, right. yeah. I, I like it for Damon, especially where he's at in the standings, number one, based on point points scored. Um, Max hoping to find something in Calvin Ridley. I think it's a good deal for both managers, for sure. Yeah, only problem is Calvin Ridley is on bye this week. That's that's going to be tough for Max. Jags. 
49ers, and the Lions. Oh, did you lose sound? Did you lose sound? Am I even picking up? Well, Sean has lost sound, so I'll just keep talking. Yeah, so like I said, Calvin Ridley uh, is on by this week. It's 49ers, Jags, and Lions. Um, that's going to make it a little hard for him. But I think it'll be fine. He can move him or just sit on him this week and hope for the best. Um, I am going to keep things moving along a little bit while Sean, Sean plays with this. Um, so we'll go ahead to the next section, which is matchup review for week two. Um, just at the start of the list. Can you hear me, Sean? Okay, okay, we're good. Just to start of the list, um, we have Nate who played me, and he fucking walloped me. Just a good old-fashioned beatdown. Um, 216 to 130. I uh, I was actually telling Sean, it, it sucks to lose, right? Obviously, I didn't want to lose. I am glad that he beat me so handily because I don't think there was any combination of moves or players that I could have gotten this week that would have got, gotten me to that point total. So... Uh, yeah, you don't feel bad about like you don't feel bad about that because that's you know everyone has a couple of those games in a season so yeah. for sure Nate proves that he is he is what his record says he is um, that's probably close to ceiling for what his team can put up which absolutely no question is impressive um, yeah. and uh, yep yeah, so yeah, there's not fear. much analysis there I mean you're not you're not thrilled about a buck thirty but you know. Until we see it a couple of times, I'm not necessarily sure you worry about it. No, I mean, I I had uncharacteristically bad production out of a couple people. I honestly, I just view it as like a wash this week. Um, I was worried that I was going to lose by like 10, and then I would be staring <laughs> at Gabe Davis putting up 23 points on my bench and just being like, God damn it, Sean. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's funny, and I don't want to sit on it too much. I was reading, and this was the third highest performance and number of targets by Gabe Davis ever in his. So <laughs> I missed what was a top three performance of him on my bench. So I can I can confidently say that I finally got Gabe Davis. So yes, <laughs> there you go. Um, moving on to the next matchup, then uh, Kyron was taking on Jake. Jake comes out with the head headwind, one fifty one to one thirty nine. Um, Jake also takes a media win and Kyron takes a median loss. Uh, I mean, you look at the records, this is to be expected, but you know, uh, anything else that you pull away from this one? No. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I guess, actually, <laughs> uh, let me, let me just, there is one little bit that I wanted to talk to on, on Jake's mm-hmm. team. I'm really interested to see what happens with Gibbs in two weeks. Yeah. That was uh, absolutely going to be my point. Yep. Consensus online is that it'll, Gibbs should see an increased role, but will not perform at this level because Monty will still, it's still Monty's backfield, which I think is a fair, like even watching the games, you could see Gibbs struggle to run between the tackles, which is what they want out of Monty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you saw both sides of the coin. I mean, 100, right. did he end up with 180 yards of scrimmage? 189 yards, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I mean, you take it every week and regardless fantasy or real life, but yeah, you could see both the explosiveness where he'd slip between a tackle and 
bust out a 40 yard run out of basically nothing, but also a two yard run because he, you're right. He just couldn't find anything in, in between the tackles. So yep. yeah, um, um, we'll see. Cause Monty's also, also shown it. So yeah. Well, it was also interesting to notice as soon as they got within the red zone, they stopped, basically stopped giving Gibbs the ball. In fact, I think Craig Reynolds went in for most of those sets, which I think is where Monty's going to see his use is, is my opinion is my as unbiased take as a Monty owner possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, for sure. I won't I, get as much out of him, but I won't. He's not going to be use, useless. Yeah, it just seems to be the Lions' way that they have two stud backs, or you know, pretty much stud backs, and then use them interchangeably with their strengths. So, yep. yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see next week, or is uh, it'll be week after because after the yeah. bye week, we'll have to see yep. what the production looks like there. But, um, yep. yeah, keeping it rolling on, we had Damon taken on Eddie and Boatwright. If you had something to smile about this week, I think it'd be Eddie taking two losses. Uh, Damon wins head-to-head 148-121. Like I said, Damon takes a median win, I believe is the median cutoff for the week, and Eddie takes a median loss. Um, if you look at this one, I, I, I don't know that there's all that much that we learned, except was was that Damon's floor? I mean, he scored lower, but like expected floor. Like, Is that within his expected range of outcomes as a team? I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I don't think so. The reason no. I say that is because he moved Calvin Ridley. And he doesn't have the depth to cover that right now. Mm-hmm. I think that moving Calvin Ridley has created a situation where he's got a whole flex that he needs to fill that will probably get filled when A-Chan gets back. So I'm going to revise and say, yes, this is his floor. <laughs> I just, I honestly, I forgot he had a channel on the IR. Mm-hmm. Kept scrolling with the through, IR. I got you. Yeah. I was looking through, through everybody's roster the other day and I just completely forgot that he had a guy on IR getting ready to come back. So yes, I think that was his floor. <laughs> yeah. Now that being said, a chain's not expected back until at least week 11 after the buy, which gives him another three weeks essentially without, um, or essentially two weeks uh, potentially without, you know, that spot being filled. So I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, we've, we've, I think we have given Damon his, his due in that obviously what his record shows, but also he's just constructed a pretty formidable team that even when guys have low performances, he has guys like Hill to, to kind of prop it up against. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do tend to think that that's his floor. And I don't know, moving over to the Eddie side, is that Eddie's floor? Or was this just an abnormally bad week, do you think? It's tough to call things floors. I'm going to be honest with you, because you can get real stinker performances out of people. Sure. I think yeah, well, that, I think there's a difference between like what your expected yeah. floor is and yeah, what yeah. like a bot when the floor bottoms out. <laughs> yeah, I would probably say that this is Eddie's floor. He's got some talent there with um, Etienne, who looked good, who's been looking great. Um, mm-hmm. Uve Flowers, who was talented. Like I, I just, it's probably the floor for him. Um, not a great one, but. That's probably a floor week for him. Yeah. Well, we mentioned it before. Eddie's kind of constructed this team to have a high floor, but maybe not have the the boom guys that somebody yeah. like a Damon does. But yeah, again, yeah. in in the playoff, in a one game playoff, sometimes that's all you need. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. I yes, I I think that this is lower than expected as well, Freddie. But you know, he takes the loss, and I'm sure you you take a little bit of joy in that, even if you want just say the it. smallest amount. <laughs> as I figured. Um, but we'll keep on moving down. Next matchup was Nick versus Scott. Nick wins one fifty eight to one forty seven. Nick takes a median win, and Scott does take that median loss. Close one, and one that probably each guy needed. Um, what did you take away from this? I don't. I'm gonna be. Honest, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this one. I, I'm having yeah. tough. I, and the reason I'm withholding thoughts is because I think both of these guys. It's a new, I'm trying to assess if this is the new normal for them or not. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Sort of a high week for Scott. I think he's had better weeks. I'd have to go back and look. Um, Kamara has been great for him to come back. Uh, or uh, when, since he's come back. Mm-hmm. Nick, it's tough because if this is D-Hop's new normal expected targets, I think that this is probably a little bit high, but not super high. Like 155-ish is probably a good like range for Nick, right? Right. If D-Hop isn't back, that's a he's in trouble. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely skewed because obviously Mahomes puts up five points, which is not, you know, what you'd expect out of Mahomes. Um, but Desmond Ritter also only puts up three points. And again, we, we have lots of fantasy managers. Hmm? Ritter got benched. Right, but it but, right, right, of course. Yeah, no, 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 right. I'm just saying Ritter got benched. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, what led to the three points. But I'm saying, like, he, he didn't perform. So now not only does he have to worry about him performing, it's do you play him or do you play Tyler Heineke? Now, maybe they'll come out and say who's the starter, um, but it's it's just not a great position to be in. And obviously, Nick has been winning in spite of his quarterback room, I would say right now, or not in spite of it, but along with it. Like, they put up points the first week they got them, and then I I don't know if, you know, 21 points out of your quarterback room is enough to prop you up at any point in time, you know, so you're really thankful D hop pops off, but yeah, I, I kind of tend to worry about, I still worry about his quarterback room, not being enough to support the rest of this kind of production, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and moving on to the next one, myself, uh, Norman Bates, I took on JC, JC beats me 159 to 133. JC takes the median win. I take the loss. Um, anything pop out to you on this one? No. No, once again, I mean, you just keep catching bad breaks, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know. I you know, it's we try to like be unbiased about our own teams, but when only a single skill position player puts up more double digits, it's like, man, what do you do? What do you do? Um, yeah. You know, we'll see. Um, to no one's surprise, I sent some offers out um, that, unfortunately, I would have liked to have done wrapped up for the podcast so we could talk about them. But, um, you know, real life got in the way of that. So maybe that's a discussion for next week with Damon here. But Because, uh, yeah, Damon should be guested on next week's podcast, everybody. Yep. First one, at least for you and I. I know he's been on the podcast before and I quite yep. enjoyed him on the podcast. So. But yeah, I don't know if there's much there. I think I think JC is happy to see. I mean, JC's been but he gets some boom games like guys out of AJ Brown, but like we said, maybe that's ex- not expected production, but just can he ride off the back of that with guys like TJ Hawkinson 
maybe JC at seven and nine has a shot. He's only an eighth has a shot to creep into that six spot. So I think yeah. JC probably feels pretty good after this week. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we had Max taken on Kevin. Kevin continues to win uh, 165 to 118. Obviously, Kevin takes the immediate win. Max takes the immediate loss. This was, you know, based on record, again, the expected outcome. Uh, you know, I think Kevin, I know people are debating the realness, we'll call it, of his team and their ability to score as he's put up you know, two 200 plus weeks and then had some other weeks where he struggled. But, you know, what do you see when you look at this score line and, and the points that his guys put up versus, you know, Max, where we kind of think we know where Max is at? I, honestly, I just think Max can't catch a break. That's yeah. what I, Kevin's got a good team. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and disparage him. I know mm-hmm. I, I've joked before, but like, I feel like Kevin's team has either done really well on any given week or really bad on any given week. Mm-hmm. And there's really been no middle, which is tough, you know? Yeah, I I think he's he'll hold his spot kind of in that bottom half of the playoff run. Um, yeah. And then you're right. Could he have two big weeks in a row and end up, you know, moving pretty deep in the playoffs? He absolutely could. Or could he bow out the right. first game if his team, you know, kind of puts up that? I think that's the the risk of the kind of team that he's constructed. But I would take that team any day of the week right now. So yeah. um, I'll keep, you know, you know, keep propping. I'll, I'll be the cheerleader for Kevin's team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on this podcast, but any big takeaways from the week as a whole, though, right? No, uh, it's been really tough for me to take away things um, on any given week because, like, I feel like we're seeing a lot of variance week to week um, with just kind of what to expect out of teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I think that is the takeaway. Is that, and it's been my takeaway. I think three podcasts now, so maybe I should find a new one, but. This year more than any year, and it's not like I've paid attention more than other years. When I've since I've been playing this league, I'd like to at least think I gave a shit enough to pay attention. But I, I this is for me probably the greatest amount of variance just in like what individual players and teams do. You have these uh, huge weeks out of this one particular team that will then falter and you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, yeah I don't I don't know. I personally felt like I either get a stinker out of a guy on any given week or I get a good performance and it hasn't been any, or yeah, it hasn't been any in between. Like, yeah, I, I know you said it earlier about the team, but floor for individual players has been a hard thing to nail down. Like normally you're like, well, this guy, I expect 12 points out of this guy in my flex one. Right. Or six. <laughs> like, right. it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you there. So we'll move on to standings. We are at the halfway point, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we'll move to what we usually do at this point and just look at those teams that would make the playoffs right now. Um, so just to review, Damon and Nate are both 13 and 3. Uh, Damon is ahead on points, the point score differential, followed up by Eddie, who is now in third with a, a record of 11 and 5. Next is Jake, 10 and 6, followed by you, 9 and 7, as well as Nick at 9 and 7 to round out the teams in the playoff positions right now um you know i think the the other the next couple of teams are at least two games out but again in a median season format that's only one week's worth of wins if you can pull it off so it's still close but we've definitely seen separation from the top half maybe even the top you know 
three and kind of everybody else that'll be in that bottom four fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I think that I'm having really trouble like nailing down the back half of this, right? I, my projected, and not that I have any type of extra knowledge, but my projected playoff is going to be Nate Damon. Me. This is not order either. This is just like names. And then after that, it's probably Eddie because of where Eddie is in the standings, right? I just am kind of also worried and I can't nail down why. And maybe it's, and I, I swear this is not like my, like the rivalry we joke around with a little bit here. I feel the same way about Eddie's rosters. I feel about mine. It's like, I feel like I'm worried a little bit about what to expect over the next couple of weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's probably Eddie. And then it could be any one of me or excuse me, Jake, Nick, Kevin, I could even see like Scott coming in as a dark horse, right? Or Justin. JC. JC, yeah, sorry. And then if your team goes on a tear and puts together, I mean, even you are probably still in that contention for that sixth spot. Uh, being honest with myself, I feel like that's a generous assumption. Um, I think yeah, well, I'll have to do a lot of work and get a lot of breaks to even sniff playoffs right now. But you never know. You're right. People yeah. have turned it around. So, yeah, I mean, I, you're probably the farthest out from that group. Not to, not to bury <laughs> yeah, you, I'd say. but like, I'm just like looking at the board. Like, the only person, the only two people I really don't think is Gustavo and Max. Right? That's that. They have a massive hill to climb. Yeah, I, th- I think that's well established. I mean, it'd be impressive, but you know, um, being what six games out of the playoffs halfway through is not a great spot to be at, but you never know. Like I yeah. said, a couple of weeks for away. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I, I'm, I'll be interested to see what, you know, the bottom half I'll say from JC down, what they do on the trade market right. to try and change their fortunes um, and just put together a team that can score points at the end of the day. So, yeah. I mean, we're running up on deadline deadlines. What week 12 or 13. Uh, I believe it is week 12. Uh, hold on. I will. We can ch- it's not a big deal. We're two weeks out, probably two to three weeks out. Hold on. We're both looking now. Um, Trade deadline so week 1 December. 12. 12. 12 between week 12 and 13. That's deadline day. Yeah, so the actual deadline this year is December 1st. Yep. 2023 so, at 3 a.m. Eastern time. There you go. So Nate's already booked his, his ticket here. I'm sure he'll gonna, he's going to be here. So give Nate something to talk about and, and analyze for week 13. Yeah. Uh, and we hey, we got open spots. You want to make it a, make it a, a whole crew. I'm, I'm interested to see if people make moves up against the deadline. Yeah, we, we've had interesting years. We've had years where we've had a lot of movement and excitement, and then we've had entirely dead years. I honestly do not remember what last year's looked like. Um, I made a move at the deadline. I remember that. Yeah. I so. felt like I want to trade this year, but I'm not trading just to trade. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I haven't looked at it yet. I'm honestly going to pull it for the the trade deadline. I'm going to pull the number and compare it to what we've done in previous years. I am interested to see what the what the actual number ends up being at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, moving on then. Let's look at the matchups for next week. Uh, we'll kick it off with JC is going to take on Kevin. Where now? I think there are some bye weeks and or. Yeah, it's 49ers, Jags, mm-hmm. Detroit, and I don't know if there's anybody else. Okay, so uh, Denver, it looks like as well. So that means Kevin is missing Christian McCaffrey and Kyle, or excuse me, and Cortland Sutton. Um, so, and I don't think any of those buys affect JC. So with that in mind, what are your thoughts? Probably JC. We'll take it. Losing CMC, that's your number one draft pick. That's a really tough thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a knock against Kevin, don't get like mm-hmm. it's just like when your stud is out, that's a hard week to win a game of football. You know? Uh, hold on. I do want to adjust. Russell Wilson is JC's quarterback. So he Well that actually well. so joking aside, like mm-hmm. I know I said made a joke about Denver. Losing a quarterback is tough because the waiver wire replacements you get are big old stinkers. Yeah. So yeah. that might swing it, but it's going to be close. I th- I think for me that is enough to swing it uh, back to Kevin, and I have to keep my Kevin flag flying. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> although he also has Kevin, also has Stafford to replace. So well, Stafford might play. Yeah, you never know. I'm you know screw it for belief in Stafford and and my Cooper Cup ownership uh, and stake. I'll uh, I'll go with Kevin. Is that you're going to do that as well? Yeah. All right. Next matchup is going to be myself taking on Nate. Uh, we don't even need to talk about this one. We can just keep rolling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing there. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to say, Sean. What do you want me to say? There's nothing to say. I'm trying to look to like see if there's an angle. No, but you're like gonna when lose. I know projections don't mean anything, but when all the check marks are on one side, it's just like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's no. There's, what, what can you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe my guys all go off. I'll, I want to yeah. pull the upset. You know what? Fuck it. I win. All right? All right. Belief Fine, in you me. Win. I'm you doing win. the upset. You win in our hearts and minds. <laughs> uh, um, win. All right. But let's let's move on to the rivalry game. Uh, <laughs> okay. It is you taking on Eddie. Um, I'm, you go ahead and look here. I'm not willing to call this a rivalry week for me because okay. Eddie's got ETN. Um, Goff, mm-hmm. Lawrence, all out. Like, yeah. oh, and Christian Kirk. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I'm sorry. I think the game would be close, and I'd probably still pick myself if mm-hmm. he had his players. But, like, with that being said, like, I, it's really tough for me to not pick myself when I, I don't actually have a player on by this week. Yeah, you're starting a full roster squad. He is – this is like myself and – Nate did two weeks ago. Um, yeah. yeah, so entirely front-loading that by. So, yeah, as much as I'd love to just poke at you and give it, give Eddie the nod, I think I have to, to go with you taking the win if, this week. If I lose this, I'm going to cut my whole roster and quit the league. So just just to rage quit the league. Yeah, like, I, dude, like, if I lose when Eddie's got, like, his four-star players on bye week, it's just not worth my time anymore. If, if Boatwright does that, I'm taking over his team. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll resurrect. And, and nope. <laughs> I'm Richardson. My, I will I will trade it all to Max or and Kyron. They'll just get my whole roster. Uh, 
next matchup is uh, going to be Nick taking on Jake. Um, taking a look here. Pretty even. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of buy, although Gibbs is out on the buy for for Jake, um, as is Williams. So who are you taking here? I'm sorry. It was Jake versus... I, I... Uh, Jake taken on Nick. And Jake is missing Jameer Gibbs and uh, Jameson Williams from Detroit. He's also starting Kenny Thicket, which is a whole different problem. Um, (laughs) What's tough for me, though, is that Ritter hasn't looked great. Like, and I, I, Honest I, question: Who do you want right now? You want Desmond Ritter? Or you want Kenny Pickett? Uh, give me Kenny Pickett. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I, this is I hate to be cliche, but I know this one I think will be closer than we think. Um, Love has I think a good has a pretty good matchup this week, so maybe he gets a boom game out of him. He plays the Rams. Yeah, who who just allowed forty three? No, no, I know. I'm just he plays yeah. the Rams. Yeah. Uh, so Carr, Carr has a good match against Chicago, though. That's fair. Um, I don't know. It's a close one. I think it's a bit of a coin flip here, but it's important because this is four play and six, which yeah, we're still plenty. We're still halfway through, but that's two games that may make the difference in your seating and who you play. So, yep. it, or even if you get in. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to go Jake. I like it. I'm going to also. Yeah. I'm going to go Nick. Um, All right. Fair. I, I just I like Brees and I like the hop. And I know mm-hmm. that that's I I do think this is the resurrection of Dehop. Mm. For lack of a better word. Yeah. I mean there's no way we don't see anyone but Will Levis next week, so we'll find out. Yeah, um, right. In fact sure. we'll find out in two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh playing a Steelers defense that for all of our biases is a top five defense in this league. So right. what can right. what can they do, especially shutting down the run? So all right, next one's going to be Damon taking on Kyron. Um, number one taking on number 12, kicking him while he's down. Um, Negan, although I think Damon is short on it, will be short on him a couple of players like we had talked about. Uh, Alvin Ra's out, Evan yeah. Ingram's out. Yeah. And. That should be it, right? Um, that is it, although his second QB spot's empty. Is he on? This is an interesting realization. Is he, is he on the carousel? Brock Purdy. Yeah, he is. Brock Purdy is his second QB. That's oh, oh, I must have just missed him. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, not again, Negan, I guess, front loaded uh, or, or Damon front loaded, just like several other folks in the league did this week. So, does that give Kyron the chance for the upset? Um, I'm going to say no for no other reason than, like, Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams looked fucking ass last night. Like, to a point where I don't even want to start Tay. You do because, what, are you going to not start him? Right. But, like, I don't want to start him because I don't, there's no trust there. Devontae doesn't look like he wants to be in that team. Well, we know he doesn't want to, but even playing, like, he doesn't look like he cares. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's not about fantasy. It's about like real world and interpersonal bullshit, like and the the egos that go into people in the NFL. I get it. Like he got overthrown on what were three surefire touchdowns, like yeah. three ones where he just burned burned the cornerback who had him, blew the safety out, and he would have walked in three different times, and Jimmy missed him all three times. Yep. Also, um, keep so in I'm mind that, keep in mind that Kyron has to cut Dobbs and pick up Tune. Right. Yep. Uh, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I like rooting for the little guy as much as I have also supported Damon's team this year. Uh, I'm going to root for the little guy. I'm taking Kyron. Fuck it. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I am. I, I, <laughs> well, either with my fantasy team or my picks, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Damon. Yeah, that's the wise choice. All right. Last one, then it's going to be Max taking on Scott. Um, this is probably important for both these guys. It keeps Scott in the playoff hunt and probably keeps Max's season alive. Um, it uh, looks like Max will be down his quarterback. Um, so who do you got? I'll take Scott. Kamara is two games. Yeah, he's shown that he still is who we thought he was. Um, and luckily he only got those three games. Uh, I will also, as much as I have appreciated Max's run this year in the league as, as, as a rookie, uh, rookie owner, I, I'm going to go with Scott as well. That should probably put Max right near being locked, right? I mean, it would, it's, it's going to be very close, both him and like I said, the, the math may not work out quite yet. Um, we might have a couple of weeks left of mathematically it being possible, but I know generally the rule has been that when you can't get over 500. So if he takes two losses here, um, it would be extremely difficult for him to get to even a 500 season. So Okay. Um, yeah, well, now, like I said, now on the app, it, it gives you a little notification for if they're, like, out. Yeah, and that's going to be mathematically, and we kind of do it a little bit before that. But, yeah, yeah well, well, we'll see for sure, which I, I appreciate their, their at least <laughs> willingness yeah. to let you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, so let's key, let's roll on then. Let's do our weekly awards, uh, new segment that we had wanted to put in. I think you, we had may have done it. The, the boys had may have done it last week, but we're just given, you know, given out uh, a little tip of the cap to either players, owners, and rub it in the face of those who unfortunately just put up really bad or unexpected weeks. So, but right, who, who do we want to give the nod to this week as the player of the week? Uh, we went, we have D-Hop. So not that it matters, but if you want to come on the show, D-Hop, and accept our award, you're more than welcome to. Uh, but you are our player of the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, a hell of a week for you. Uh, we've been doubting you. We've been bashing you some more than others. But, yeah, no, uh, I think Nick was <laughs> – Nick, Nick, I know, made an offer to myself, and I believe you discussed as well that he had made an offer to you to move D-Hop just mm-hmm. before the week had gone live. So uh, he was very appreciative. I'm sure that those moves did not take place and to have uh, putting up 34 points on the roster. So mm-hmm. you yep. take that as, as, as the player of the week. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's flash it over to the negative side. Um, our duds for the week, uh, the guys who were in and didn't do as expected or just boneheaded plays. So who's our first dud for this week, but right. My homies. Uh... Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, man, you really shit the bed. Like, please don't come on our show. We don't want to talk to you. 
Uh, I'll rescind that he does not speak for the podcast as a whole, and you can certainly come on anytime you want. But Mahomes with a very uncharacteristic five-point week. I mean, just you talk about the bottoming out of the floor. That's I'm pretty sure it's an earthquake. It's a flu game, man. You can't you can't do flu games. If you got the flu, sit out the week. It's okay. (laughs) That's fair, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, just a rough week for him. Um, But in from the pass catchers as well, we have a couple that we want to put our, you know, tip the the dub cap to. And you kind of already mentioned the two, but it's the Raiders wide receiver room. Not a completed pass in the first half to a wide receiver. And I don't think that's the wide receiver's fault. I don't either, but unfortunately they're the points in the production that we put up. I think combined, I know Kyron put it in the chat because Kyron went in with three Raiders and only being down, I think like 26, 27 points or something. Um, And easily, if those guys just put up like 10 point games a piece, he may even make the median, but no, no, they put his wide receivers put up five points collectively. Uh, Just a rough one. That is abysmal. (laughs) It's just rough. Uh, But last one and one that we, at least I think this person we could actually get on the podcast, the owner of the week, either someone who you thought made, really good moves or just stayed consistent. Um, were there anyone who you, who any shout outs you wanted to give this week? Barry? No, I'll let you give it because I don't. Because I've already done it and I've kind of been yeah. ca- carrying his water. Yeah. <laughs> this season is the supporter of Kevin on the podcast, but yeah, I think it will do it to Kevin for, for me. It's just for staying the course. Like you said, he has this up and down where he's putting up a hundred point games and then 200 point games, but staying the course. Um, just sticking with the guys who he has, which is kind of his his MO. Don't get me wrong. We saw a trade at him earlier this year, but very rarely does he move anyone. But it's working for him this year and has him in a pretty nice spot. So kudos yeah. there. But I think uh I think that pretty much wraps most things up then, but unless you have anything else you want to add. Nope. I'm all good this week. All right. Well, a shorter than usual podcast with hopefully no technical issues for either of us, but we'll see. I'll check the edit before I post it today. But All right, everybody. Uh, I guess we'll catch you all next week. Bye, everybody. Hope you win or lose, depending on who you are. (laughs)